the upcoming presentation is a two-man power trip of wrestling podcast production. Wrestling Podcasting Empire. If you didn't know by now, my name is Chad, and every single week I'm joined here by my crack broadcast team to go back in time and talk about the new generation and focus on some of the events that uh, circle around our period of uh, of, of WWF uh, goodness that we get to explore each and every week. Last week we talked about Paul Bearer and the great documentary that the WWE Network produced. This year we are hot on the heels of the survivor series and usually back in our day in our new generation it was around thanksgiving um but uh this is also the time where they phased it away from thanksgiving so a lot to talk about tonight let's welcome in the broadcast team first a man who attended a survivor series in the new generation the uh the new jersey uh brother himself the uh the man on the move as they call him the one and only Mr. CP. How you doing tonight there in the Jers? Doing pretty good in the Jers, Mr. Chadster. Hanging out here, ready to talk some Survivor Series as we get a little closer to Turkey Day. Stuffing, mashed potatoes, some family, and as you alluded to, normally a tradition for us, at least a while ago it was, the Survivor Series is always involved, which is always fun times. So it's a good night. Do you break do you break up your family into team names? There's one side of the the table, uh, the foreign fanatics and the other (laughs) side, the all American team. Is that is that how you guys kind of break them up? You know, I know you guys have uh, an Italian uh, background. Do you break up the Italians versus the non Italians? (laughs) Yeah, it's it's the it's the Italian mafia versus the Irish uh, poor people. That's it. That's what it is. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the pet the peasants versus the uh the you know the uh the what do you call the uh the the uppy doos you know the uh <laughs> the the slick backs versus the uh the irish so all right very cool and timmy down there in the great state of florida got some survivor series goodness loaded up uh how many team names uh stand out to you right off the bat from your research done for this episode team names surprisingly Four or five, maybe. Like there were a lot that they didn't name, and they just kind of threw together. Come on, you got the underdogs, the foreign fanatics, the all Americans. Uh, what was the yeah. Undertaker's? What was the '95 team for the Undertaker? Um, dark side, the Dark Baker. side, the Dark side, aka the BSK. Which uh, shout out to uh, WWE at Survivor Series for putting together the entire 1995 Dark Side Survivor Series team. Uh, featuring uh, the man making a difference, Fatu, Henry Godwin, uh, The Undertaker, and of course, uh, how could we forget the uh, the fourth member of the team, uh, Savio Vega, all making uh, triumphant uh, entrances at the uh, Survivor Series. Yeah. Don't forget the body, Donna. <laughs> that was uh, 
That is a good team to bring up, though, Chaz. They're especially on the heels of last night's Survivor Series, where we got to see the Undertaker's farewell, and a number of those guys were there, I believe. I don't think they all were, but I'm I'm quite sure at least one or two of them were. Um, so that's, that's uh, I'm gonna good. go. I'm gonna go a little bit deeper on you. If you really, really, really broke it down, three out of the four members of the Dark Side opponents were also in the building last night. But maybe I'm the only one who noticed that. Mm. You Triple, might H, yes. Triple H, Hunter Hearst Helmsley, Jerry the King Lawler was on uh, the pre-show panel, and Dr. Isaac Yankum also <laughs> made an appearance <laughs> last night. So uh, absolutely, uh, completely over the head of about, I'd say, 99.999% of the viewers watching last night. Yeah, I would agree with you. I'm sure a lot of them weren't too focused on the 95 Survivor Series, but it was certainly present. <laughs> Now, I also was not watching. Let me just throw that out there. I completely was not watching. I was uh, informed by uh, one of the members of the broadcast team. The BSK was literally uh, all on Survivor Series. And if you notice, as Fatu makes his entrance into this uh, this entrance, he's wearing uh, into this match. He's wearing a BSK uh, little uh, wool hat. So pretty, uh, pretty cool nod that in 1995, we had no fucking clue what they were talking about. No clue, and not at all. I had know nothing of BSK at this time, uh, but it's, it's a pretty nice little nod to the hardcore fans, I guess, at the time, and or the the inside hardcore fans, and to those guys for getting to team together. I'm sure that was a super fun night for all those guys. Yeah, I, if you follow the Godfather on social media, he was 100% loving every minute of it, and he um, he was basically saying like, you know, I think he was answering some fan questions, feeling like. They didn't really get much respect and they were kind of ushered into the ring very awkwardly and then disappeared by the time uh, the video package was over. But he said, don't worry about what they did to us in the ring. The BSK chopped it up the night before at the bar and that's all that mattered. So, I mean, that that in itself is um, is pretty sweet. But um, nonetheless, you know, the dark side, <laughs> one of the, the Survivor Series teams that we would have talked about today uh, made a great Survivor Series appearance, you know, 25 years later. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. It's better late than never. Now, The Undertaker is an interesting one with his Survivor Series, you know, uh, background, obviously the debut and it being 30 years to the day uh, for last night. Uh, but team wise, uh, out of our four years that we would basically cover here uh, for the Survivor Series uh, entrance, uh, Undertaker on teams twice. And I got to say, I think the best one was 93 when he was taking the place of Tatanka and the awesome promo where they introduced him as the uh, the tag team replacement. Probably one of like the cooler <laughs> early, you know, first couple of years Undertaker moments when he reveals the uh, American flag underneath his jacket, but it's like the oldie time American flag. Very, very good touch. But uh, that's probably what I remember the most about The Undertaker in those early Survivor Series. Yeah, I agree. Uh, so I actually had that listed right near the top of uh, teams that I that are somewhat memorable to me because I, I did not really like the All-Americans prior to The Undertaker joining. And it was very confusing in a way that he joins. I mean, I know he's a top face, but he doesn't necessarily fit the All-Americans molds, especially when you had, you know, the Native American Tonga and Mr. America Lex Luger and the Steiners. Uh, so he was kind of an oddball fit to the team, but I think it added a layer that made it a much more fun team. And yeah, the jacket was 
great and weirdly bad to me at the same time that he opens the Undertaker <laughs> jacket and has that flag. But yeah, no, it was, it's it's a very interesting team, and yeah, I definitely targeted that as a team that was uh, that both teams in that match, but all Americans were a very interesting squad. I wish I had that uh, that quote in front of me where he says like "Let freedom ring" and something, 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 and is like, "Damn, that was uh, that was impactful." But this is really the first time I feel like the Undertaker takes the role of like the conscience of the WWF, and it's like, "All right, we need somebody. We need to make a a complete turnaround and make an impact in this uh, event." And it's like, "Oh my God, it's the Undertaker!" I feel like this is like the first time where we got that out of him at this point. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, he he had made the turn to fan favorite, but you didn't necessarily think of him as the, uh, you know, like the ultimate good guy. He was still kind of just fighting heels as the Undertaker. I don't re- I don't recall before this though him ever joining faces with, you know, these type of guys before in a match. Yeah, not like this at all. Um, but you know, it it, it again, I guess in, in an event like this, I mean, what would he have done otherwise? You know, they they did not really have one-on-one matches at this point in the Survivor Series history, especially 1993, still very traditional in the sense of it's teams against teams, you know, this, the, 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 the goal of the match, the, uh, you know, to be the sole survivor or on the winning team. Um, and uh, it wouldn't be until the following year where he would be in a singles match uh, against Yokozuna. But, I don't know. It just uh, kind of fits perfectly. And uh, it, it's weird how the 93 event itself has a lot of subs and a lot of guys on different teams, you know, the foreign fanatics who yeah. I actually do like that team. If you take out crush and you put, <laughs> uh, you know, Jean-Pierre Lafitte or Pierre or PCO, everyone to call him, you put him back. I love the Quebecers Yoko and Ludwig Borga as a team. I think that that's a fucking great team on paper. Oh, it is a great team on paper. And and what's wrong with Crush being on the foreign fanatics? I mean, he was like, wasn't he supposed to be Japanese or something at the well, time? Well, he was he was Hawaiian. <laughs> no, I know, I know. You know. He was with Mr. Fuji and Yoko all the time though, and he was wearing that face paint. So it was like a it was kind of a blurring the line. It's typical I mean, look, that's fanatic. typical Vince. Yeah. Where uh you know, look, I mean, did you remember Rob Conway was with La Resistance for what reason? He was, you know, <laughs> he's from Kentucky. And he was from he was in La Resistance because he was a French sympathizer. So it's yeah, just it's one of those things. It's like they always find a way to get it in. I'm sure they could have just dug a little deeper into the pool. Like, how about one of the uh, the Samoans is put on the team instead of Crush? You know, uh, oh, yeah. the Macho Man's not in this match. You know what I mean? It, <laughs> it just it didn't it, it didn't necessarily need to be Crush, but I get it. Um, you know, again, it's one of those things. It is what it is. But uh, if we look at teams from that era, I mean, the 93 show, it kind of has the best examples of the teams. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say. Oh. No, no, but, but you know, there are other years that have them. But 93 pretty much gives us, like, the biggest sample size of guys to, or, or, you know, team names or teams to choose from. So it's kind of a good starting point. But uh, nonetheless, it'll get lesser as we go along. Yeah, I was going to say when you said um what can, you know, what else would they have done with the Undertaker at this time? I was just thinking based off like 93 and 94, there could have easily been a team that was just like the Undertaker and his druids against somebody. Yeah, like based Shawn Michaels and his knights or yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the four doinks. Yes. You know, um you know, it's something where it's a little bit of a cop uh, doink dink wink and pink against cheesy sleazy queasy and and Jerry Lawler, you know, it's, it's uh, you just named my favorite team. 
damn it. <laughs> Points for literally doing that off the top of my head. <laughs> yeah, I'm a big fan of the uh, Doink and his uh, little clowns versus, yes, Jerry Lawler and his little squad of cheesy, queasy, and sleazy. And Jerry Lawler has... You know, he's associated with some interesting teams every year in this generation, or three at years at least. But What's the first team that comes to your head when you think about this era of Survivor Series? Um, so for some reason, I'm actually going to kind of go with one you just mentioned, which, was, which is not necessarily a historic team by any means, but... Uh, well, the match in general between the Hart family and Shawn Michaels and his Knights, it was always interesting to me when I was a kid. But uh, yeah, it's Shawn Michaels is kind of like the I forget when he if it was night of, but he you know he replaced Jerry Lawler. It was always it was supposed to it be was Lawler the week before his, I believe. Yeah, it was supposed to be Lawler and his Knights, so it doesn't really make any sense to have Shawn Michaels and his Knights. So it's basically Shawn Michaels and some random guys, uh, and then they're facing the Hart family. So it's one of the only times you get you know, hearts in there, like Bruce Hart wrestling in WWF. And then, uh, you know, that that's just such an interesting setup, especially when you look back because it has layers of, it's the beginning of the classic, you know, Brett Owen feud sort of with Owen being the only heart person that's eliminated. But then you got this Shawn Michaels team, basically, you know, it kind of just adds an extra layer to the Survivor Series history between Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart that a lot of people don't really think about. I mean, they've had so many interactions at this specific show. So, Especially the fact 92, the main event, Shawn Michaels versus uh, Bret Hart. Yeah. 97, obviously, uh, the Montreal screw job. So it's kind of funny, you know, out of uh, the, the decade of the 90s, three of the events feature a Shawn Michaels versus Bret Hart uh, arrangement in some way, shape, or form. Now, that match, yeah, like you said, Shawn Michaels replaces Jerry Lawler about a week before. Uh, Jerry Lawler was indicted for allegedly raping a 15-year-old girl. He would eventually be cleared of the charges. But Shawn Michaels, who was out because of a steroid pop, uh, had to be taken out of the uh, opening Survivor Series match and put into this one last minute. And uh, they they did a very weird um segment with uh, Bruce Pritchard as Rio Rogers uh <laughs> going to some house I can't remember if it was the Hart house or something and there was a woman uh, somebody in a mask saying that they love Brett they didn't like Owen and that Shawn Michaels it was very it was just so thrust into like needing to be done quick that it, it was very awkward I remember at the time I didn't mind it I mean whatever I I think the whole Knights thing was kind of stupid but apparently the Knights concept comes from the fact they were supposed to be revealed as different people. And Terry Funk famously was supposed to be one of those nights. And it's the story where Terry Funk uh, sends notice to Vince McMahon that his horse was sick. And that's why he <laughs> couldn't uh, he couldn't make it to the Survivor Series. Um, and then Greg the Hammer Valentine is one of the nights. Uh, I believe Barry Horowitz is another night. And a wrestler named Jeff Gaylord is the other night, but then there's rumors that Jimmy Snuka was supposed to be under the hood. Um, oh, there was another one I can't think of off the top of my head that was supposed to possibly be under the hood, and they would have all been revealed as hand-picked knights to try to beat the Hart family. Uh, but this obviously is the catalyst for the next year's worth of program with Bret Hart and Owen Hart. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I would have liked this team better if it was Sean with the people from 
the royal family at the 94 Survivor Series, though, with all the all the uh, littler people that Jerry Lawler had that we just talked about. <laughs> you know, I mean, just imagine if it was Lawler, Shawn Michaels, and like two nights, and those were revealed to be like Terry Funk and Greg Valentine. Like, I mean, that, that could have been something a little cooler, but... I don't know. It's just, it's one of those things. This match is good. Famously in Bret Hart's book, he talks about how Bruce Hart really tried to get like as many spots as he could in this match to make himself look good. Cause Bruce was always, I guess, you know, very jealous of the fact that these guys had the spots that they did. And Bruce was always, you know, a guy positioning himself to make himself look better than everyone else booking in in Canada and, and so forth. But, um, this is definitely, uh, a memorable team. The one that I think of first, when I think of the Survivor Series uh, teams from this era, is the opening team in this 1993 Survivor Series, which is Razor Ramon, the One Two Three Kid, my man Marty Jannetty, and what was supposed to be Mr. Perfect, but what ended up being the Macho Man. This team, to me, those four guys. I mean, that's that's an unbelievable four, you know, opening match squad for a survivor series team in the entire pantheon of survivor series teams. I just absolutely loved that, uh, that, that four, uh, handpicked baby face team by Vince McMahon. Yeah. That's a pretty cool team. It's just throwing, you know, macho man in there with those guys who are all kind of associated at the time, obviously kid and razor strongly associated, but Jeanette, was always in the mix with them that at that time period. And then just to throw macho man on top, that's a great little team. It's a little, it's a little kind of uh, forgotten memory for me in a way, um, you know, intentionally forgotten because I just can't believe that IRS got a pinfall over Randy Savage in that match. Hey, hey, come on. He <laughs> held the tights. He held the tights. <laughs> no, I know. The Boston – let's also keep in mind, too, in the 93 Survivor Series, the Boston Garden is holding an event here for the final time. And the Boston Garden crowd who have been watching the Macho Men there since 1985 goes legit apeshit when his music goes uh, goes off and when he gets the pinfall on diesel with the elbow the whole nine yards it is it's awesome i mean it is absolutely one of the best moments in the survivor series of those first five or six years because it's at that point like we had just been relegated to macho man as a commentator so the fact he was getting involved that was awesome so that's why this team to me always stands out as uh one of my favorites of that or at least the first i think about when i think of survivor series teams tim what's the one you think about uh <laughs> you may laugh or you may uh, respect it but going back to my uh, ecw roots the dean yoko razor and uh drawing a blank on the fourth one but that 95 survivor series right before Dean left. It's the uh, the wild card match, the 1995 yep, yep. Survivor Series. Now, I just mentioned this to uh, to CP before we came on the air. The wild card match was, I believe, if I could go off the top of my head, uh, it was those three individuals. Was it Owen Hart? on yes, the Owen, yep. okay. Owen Hart. So it's Owen Hart, Dean Douglas, Yokozuna, and Razor Ramon facing Ahmed Johnson, uh, Shawn Michaels, the British Bulldog, and was it Sid? Sid, one of As my the, favorite teams, by the way. Since we're talking about this, that's match. a yeah, a powerhouse, powerhouse team. And uh, and and in recording the Triple Threat podcast this past week, uh, we do a segment called "This Week in Franchise History," and uh, my partner JP brings up that as happening this week in franchise history. 
and uh, you know, the franchise just basically said what a stupid combination of guys that they basically picked these people, threw them against the wall. And that was the team. And I had to remind him that I go, Shane, this is the wild card match. So anything could really happen. <laughs> but the, the fact that, you know, they, they had the tension building between Dean and razor Ramon during the match. They would also physically kind of get uh, thrust together. Uh, I do love this match, uh, and it is probably up there, right, as maybe a, a two or three in terms of the Survivor Series matches of that era. But, uh, yeah, the Dean, uh, not a fan of this match, shockingly enough, um, you know, to go alongside all the great memories he has of his uh, his years, or his, not even year, years, eight months as the Dean. It is so funny. I've heard a lot of wrestling people trash this match when it's come up on other podcasts and stuff, but it's such a fun match. Like, what's wrong with mixing yeah. heels and faces on teams? Like, yeah, and I always remember so the part where uh, I always remember that part when HBK kind of, you know, what's he do? Um, super kicks Sid and just gives that little shrug. That's like classic moment in the 90s for me. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I no, mean, there's great. that, and you know, and what we're watching on the screen. I mean, it's just great heel psychology. The three heels are isolating one the one babyface Ahmed Johnson in the corner, and Razor Ramon, who is a babyface, takes a step back and is not going to take part. So, like, there's little things like that that's like masterful, you know. And, and a guy like Shane, who is an absolute you know student of the game, I'm sure that's something that he probably picked out and said, like, let that's something that we should do. As we're watching this, you know, I'm watching uh, uh, Ahmed Johnson thrust uh, Shawn Michaels onto the Dean. I'm sure uh, I'm sure the Dean didn't really like that one. Something Shane might have picked out, but something he definitely didn't pick out was the exclamation point on the back of his trunks. Uh, <laughs> just, he didn't design it. He, he was given the I know. he was given the singlet and the colors. Uh, and we always <laughs> joke. And look, here's the Razor Ramon and uh, oh man, the, the, see to watch this though and knowing. What I know from Shane, I mean, the tension between those two guys was palpable. Okay, he they he did not like Scott Hall, and Scott Hall did not like him. And well, yeah, he very he very clear. Look at that! Now he's gone. God damn it! Yeah, <laughs> Come on, Shane. <laughs> but um, no, it's uh, it, it is it's cool to watch this one. I always love this. But Shane always points out that the WWF must have got a discount on light blue um, ring attire yeah. because even even in this match, the Dean and Razor Ramon are matching. You know, uh, Candido and Sonny. Where the, the rift came colors. from? What'd you say? <laughs> so that's probably where the rift between Shane and uh, and Razor came from. That that those blue colored trunks. Oh, that's yeah. Like colors. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but uh, no, and then here you go. I mean, then, then, then this match too. See, now we're getting the psychology of, you know, the two family members of Camp Cornette going at it. Um, just this is a good one. This is a great. I'm glad you picked this one because this is a team I wanted to bring up um, because or excuse me, match, not team. Um, anybody else? Uh, how about? All right. So we're saying these are more, more memorable ones. Without using the the ones with Doink, Dink, Wink, and Pink and Cheesy, <laughs> Sleazy, and whatever, what's one of the least memorable teams? We're taking that match completely out of, of contention. Least memorable teams. Um, like one um, where you were doing research and you were like, well, I had no idea this match even existed. Um, well, I loosely remember this match being existing, but barely, only because I was in the building. Um, but I'm going to say... Uh, Furnace and Lafon and the Ooh. Godwins. <laughs> <laughs> it 
from the 1996 Survivor Series at Madison Square Garden. Uh, that's just, that's just, uh, I mean, Furnace and LaFont just kind of never did anything for me in WWF in general. And then I never took the Godwins seriously as a tag team. So I just, it's just a team I have no interest in. <laughs> you son of a bitch to talk about Furnace and LaFont like that. Yeah. <laughs> Furnace and LaFont and the Godwins taking on uh, Bulldog and Owen, as well as the new rockers, Leaf Cassidy and Marty Jannetty in a match where I don't know if it was his ankle or his knee, but Marty Jannetty gets completely wrecked and and cannot put weight on his leg and I believe has to be eliminated a little bit earlier than expected because he completely gets taken out. Um, and it's very painful to watch uh, how he's struggling to move around. But uh, that was used as a catapult for Furnace and LaFon, who at that point were making their way around ECW. You know, they had obviously been really big in Japan. And now they make their way to the WWF and they win the opening match of the Survivor Series. I'm sure in the garden. I mean, you, I, look, I'm sure you probably had heard Furnace and Crawford at that point. Dan Crawford, a.k.a. Phil LaFon. But in the WWF, if you're in the garden there, you know, some people might have been like, well, who the hell are these guys? And why the hell did they just become the sole survivors? Yeah, and the garden is uh, sometimes there's, there's a little more of an inside crowd. I would say it's probably less. Well, now because you have the Sid reaction at '96 Survivor Series, but it's probably less so at pay per views and house shows. Um, but yeah, there were. I don't. I just don't remember there being like kind of any reaction in general to this match, but especially even though it was almost the opening match. I mean, well, I guess it was the second. No, match, it is the open. It's the opening match of the pay per view. Now yeah. I don't know if you guys got the sh- the the match that was supposed to be on the show. Uh, there was a, another like hodgepodge, you know, like undercard yeah. tag team match. I don't, did you guys get that or was it cut? Did we see it a lot? You mean, was it like, did they do it? Did, was it a dark match? I, I cut, I thought it was supposed to be on the show, but I, I couldn't remember if it was put into the dark match spot or not. Do you know which one I'm talking about? I it's think like, it um, was, yeah, I think it was a dark match. I, I kind of barely remember it, but yeah, it's like Aldo Montoya and Bart Gunn. Bart, uh, uh, yeah, and uh, Bob Holly, and yeah, uh, Aldo, Bart, Bob, and Jesse James. That's it. Billy, JBL, Salvatore Sincere, and the Sultan. And oh, that's a great team! You got Salvatore Sincere and the Sultan. Yeah, the same squad. That's pretty. Uh, yeah, that's a that's a powerhouse. Yeah. Uh, you know, undercard team for sure. But that got cut. Hey. Um, I don't know how you're trying to squeeze that in on this show because they tier the Survivor Series matches on this show. They basically, they give you one, then you get a singles match, and they give you another, and then they give you the singles match, and they give you yeah. another, and then the main event. So it's uh, it, it's an interesting one, but this one, I'll give you an interesting uh, you know, little team that I think kind of gets overlooked, and that is uh, that there were a few debuts on this show, but there was also yes. a, uh, a pretty surprising uh, return of uh, one Superfly Jimmy Snuka, the night after he got inducted into the WWF Hall of Fame, which, you know, he's in Madison Square Garden. It's Superfly freaking Jimmy Snuka. And he kind of like comes out of nowhere. And, uh, you know, we see this, the, the Superfly splash, but his teammates, the debuting Flash Funk, Savio Vega, and a huge Yokozuna. So there's a kind of a rando team if I ever saw one. Yeah, and that was uh, that was actually a fun team. Again, being in the building, like Jimmy Snooker got a huge pop when he came out. Oh, did he really? 
Yeah, my that's my recollection is that the garden loves seeing Snooker, at least his entrance, uh, like in the very beginning when that music hit. When that um, music hit, everybody, yeah. uh, did you get up? Were you throwing up the I love you? Were you doing the same thing? I was. Maybe I'm just remembering myself, but I was pretty psyched to see Jimmy Snooker in the garden. <laughs> like that. that was an amazing <laughs> moment. Not something I thought I was ever going to see at that point. So. Yeah, that's very cool. But that's the Survivor Series 96. Let's also kind of look at that. Uh, some guy named Dwayne debuted on that show. Who's that? I have no clue. Well, I don't know whatever happened to him after uh, Survivor Series 96, him and his <laughs> puffy hair. But how about the fact that that also was the debut of the Nation of Domination and their uh, you know, iconic uh, theme song? Oh yes, that's correct. Uh, that it was it was just Farouk with everybody else at that time, right? With uh, well, it was Farouk and PG thirteen. Yeah, um, I believe uh, Clarence Mason, and, and then it was. Oh, you yeah. know, I I'm not sure if D'Lo was a part of the entourage at that point, but uh, still, nonetheless, this is the uh, the absolute first appearance of. We are the nation, live and in color. So, and look, I, I've, I've, we basically had Wolfie D coming on the show uh, before he got really, really sick a few months ago, and uh, he tells an amazing story about the night they debuted with this music, and uh, basically Vince McMahon going through the whole thing with them, and I was like, the visual of Vince McMahon like bobbing and weaving to, uh, you know, we are the nation is like. An, an image I just can't get out of my head still to this day. And this is one of those matches where they were like, who, what are we going to do here? I was just, everybody's disqualified. <laughs> yeah, this is a cop out. This is one of those where they were just like, and, and this is where I kind of feel like Vince was losing his interest in the survivor series concept because yeah. basically this was like, eh, everybody's DQ'd. It's like, what? <laughs> we, we based whole pay-per-views on this a few years ago. And now it's like, Oh, yeah, everybody's disqualified. Yeah, I mean, you can see throughout the new generation, basically, kind of like starting from the beginning to this year, kind of like the phasing out of the classic Survivor Series match. Like It's just it slowly happens where you you get like one singles match and then you're back into this year where it's alternating match by match. And the Survivor Series matches all feel a little like filler in between the real right. Yeah, and also, uh, and then the next year at the uh, the 97 Survivor Series in Canada, I mean, I think they have two uh on the show and they are you know again that's not our jurisdiction but you want to talk about like non-impressive not memorable um teams it's it's that that year i mean that is like i mean even the the canada versus usa match is not something i would be like yeah i'm buying i'm buying the survivor series for that match you know it's just uh they, they really phased it out after really that last match at this show that uh the, the double dq was like yeah it's kind of the end of the classic mode yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, you're talking about Furnace and Lafon again, so what are you going to do? You're such a mark for Furnace and Lafon. <laughs> uh, all right, how about another? Let's uh, give me another random team off the top of your head from the uh, from the era. Um, the Teamsters. Teamsters. Now, the Teamsters is, uh, to me, uh, i got to be honest with you, this is one that I might put in my favorite cat- category as well. you got Diesel. You've got Shawn Michaels. You've got Double J, right? The Anvil and Owen, or just the Anvil? No, I, had to, I was trying to think too. I think just uh, the Anvil, not Owen. Well, Owen's not in any other match, so I mean, you know, now we got to go right to the Google machine yeah. and uh, see right off the top of my head. Way, way to be on top of that one. <laughs> I was not on top of that one. 
Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Diesel, Jeff Jarrett, Jim Neidhart, Owen Hart, and Shawn Michaels. Yeah. So they go, go back. So that, that's where I, you know, I wanted to mention it before. They got the amnesia of we have four guys on a team to we have five guys on a team. And it's one of the things I never got why they, I like the teams of five strive to survive. Always love that. Um, but it's kind of more in the, the known sense of survivor series matches that it's four people. So the teamsters is a great on paper team. You give me a, you know, you give me a Rick Martell on that team and I might, uh, I might put them at the top. Wouldn't that be true for any Rick Martell team? That's true. I just wouldn't trust him because he'll probably uh, turn on you halfway through. Um, but yeah, no, that's a good one. They took on the bad guys. Another great team. One, two, three, kid, Bulldog, Fatu, Razor Ramon, and the Barbarian as Sioni in his short-lived stint as uh, as a member of the Head Shrinkers. But I think we could say that the main event Survivor Series match could be on paper less uh, less enthusiastic as it is watching it. That million dollar team versus the All Americans, not good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it is oh guts and glory uh, yeah you're confusing guts and glory and the oh sorry <laughs> but they're terrible it's awful just the the conglomeration of folks on the team stinks the fact that they get literally nothing in the match they look like complete jobbers just never understood why they made this baby face main event team look like such pure garbage um it just i mean it's it's the pits bam bam bigelow jimmy del rey king kong bundy tatanka and Dr. Tom with Jim Cornette and Ted DiBiase taking on Adam Baum, Smoking Guns, Lex Luger, and Mabel. Yeah, that, that's uh, it's it's definitely an odd team. I mean, Lex is the only guy who's kind of a top level guy at the time. Uh, yeah, uh, it's 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 a terrible. I mean, it's really Lex anchor. and Bam Bam to be honest yeah. with you, who would be the 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 only guys who you would kind of put towards the top of that upper echelon of guys because we talked about on the tatanka uh lex luger episode they they killed him by this point he was done i mean he even take he almost just broke his freaking neck going out of the ring on that clothesline i mean he just lost and look at this luger can't get jimmy del rey up man this is just it's sloppy uh just not uh, this is not one for a main event baby face uh team it's just not a good one yeah and tatanka deserved to lose it at this time i mean joining ted dibiase is just, he's just evil not a good guy. All right. Now, before we wrap, before we wrap it up, give me a custom team. I'm only going to limit it to four just to be easier. Give me a custom. You give me a custom four and I'll give you a custom four. A custom four. And, and, all right. Give me your custom four with the team name and I'm going to give you mine. But you go first. Okay. I'm going to. This is a tougher. I was not expecting this. This is a tough question. Hey, that's why I throw the curveballs, my friend. <laughs> spice it up. Not everything could just be uh, hit your spots and move on. You gotta, you gotta spice it up a little bit. I'm gonna say wink, pink, dink, and cheesy. Um, no, that's not it. I was gonna um, say because you just made it real easy for me to squat that team <laughs> with your foot. That's, uh, exactly. I am gonna go Razor Ramon, the Undertaker. And Owen Hart and Yokozuna as a tag team. <laughs> oh, so all right, so I'll have to take a tag team too. Then okay, what do you name? What do you name in this uh, conglomeration? Um, these will be the 
razor blades uh, from yes, I can't, I can't come up with it. The ra- the right, so I'm going to make Razor Ramon the team captain and call him the Razor Blades. All right, the Razor Blades, the team of Razor Ramon, the Undertaker, and the what did you say, Yokozuna and Owen Hart, the King yep. of Hearts. They are going to take on the team of Brett, the Hitman Hart. Uh, who else should we pull here? Brett the Hitman Hart. We're going to take uh, the bizarre one, Gold Dust. Yes. And we're going to take former WWF World Tag Team Champions, Shawn Michaels and Diesel. And oh. we're going to round out that team. And we're going to call that team Team Chad. <laughs> <laughs> Not four dudes with attitudes. <laughs> uh, three dorks and uh, one with a lot of strut. <laughs> no, I don't know what to call. I mean, let's call them. No, we'll call them the, the heart attack. <laughs> the heart attack. That's perfect. <laughs> so the razor blades versus the heart attack. Uh, we all know Brett's probably the champion at the time, so he's going over. So my team won. Very nice. Yeah, but something weird is going to happen to get the Undertaker out of that match. He's definitely going to be counted out. <laughs> well, he's got Diesel, so Diesel and the Undertaker get counted out. Uh, <laughs> let's see, uh, Gold Dust. Uh, Gold Dust. Let's see. Gold Dust gets uh, beat with a Yokozuna leg drop. Uh, Shawn Michaels uh, rolls up Razor Ramon when he's distracted by the uh, One Two Three Kid on the outside. And who's left? Owen Hart and Brett. Um, mm, oh, that's a tough one. They uh, they're gonna get double counted out too. And then Shawn Michaels uh, super kicks everybody and gets the win. <laughs> so who, can I ask you a question, Chad, sir? Sure, go right ahead. Who do you think um, has has an, I don't know how to word it, actually. I guess I shouldn't ask you if I can ask a question. Uh, do you think Jerry Lawler has one of the more interesting Survivor Series pets of this generation? Uh, well, he's definitely got a questionable one. Where Where is he at? With, <laughs> so 93, he's not there. 94, he's with his uh, his little goon squad. 95, he's getting beat by The Undertaker. And 96, I mean, he's in a pretty... I mean, he's basically... If it wasn't for 93, I mean, he's got a spot in every one of them. He's got a spot in every one of them at a time. You know, he doesn't always... He doesn't wrestle all the time. And I just think it's interesting that every, uh, every time he's on a team, it's kind of based around his gimmick. Like, I don't, I don't know anyone else in that situation. I mean, I guess The Undertaker has the dark side, but it's like, you know, the Shawn Michaels team I'm including because that's really Jerry Lawler's team and his Knights, and then he's got his other squad from uh, 94, and then he's on the Royals or uh, with, you know, Blue Blood Triple H, the Royal Dentist Isaac Yankum, and King Mabel. Uh, it's, it's just interesting to me that Lawler's always in these gimmicked, uh, you know, Royal teams every year. Yeah, it's it, it's a good point, but you know, it just goes to show you that a guy like him could fit so well in uh, you know, in this kind of concept of being on a team because he's a you know, he's a jerky heel and he always gets beat up in the end and uh, you know, you throw him with a bunch of other guys that uh fit perfectly with him. It's uh it's magic. So, uh I think it's good good he's a good participant for this kind of uh, you know, this kind of concept. Yeah, and he's and we've talked about this a little before, but you know he's an, he's an older guy in the middle of the new generation, but he's you know there's constantly these teams of these younger guys around him. I don't know, it's interesting. Didn't didn't we dispel that he really wasn't that old? <laughs> 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 didn't we figure that part out? 
Well, on modern by modern uh, standards, he's definitely not that old. But. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, all right, we're gonna wrap it up here for today with uh, New Generation Declassified. I love the Survivor series. Go back and watch some. We didn't mention the four doinks. That's like the obvious one. I don't want to talk about the the the, the two matches stink. Okay, like I mean, it's <laughs> it's funny. This the backstory of the four doinks is good. It's on the TMPT YouTube page where Sir Mo uh, tells his side of the four doinks. Um, but it's, uh, the survivor series itself, go back and watch the old school ones. I personally, I love survivor series 89. I know it's out of this era, but that's my go-to survivor series. If I feel so inclined to watch one, uh, but 93, not that far behind. I do love the 93, uh, survivor series. So, uh, yeah, let's say goodbye for this week. If you want to follow me, it's at Chad EMB on Twitter and Instagram. If you want to check out more of our podcast, it's tmptempire.com. All the interviews, Dr. Tom, and so much more. Uh, if you want to check out my website, it's ibexclusives.com. Uh, Patreon.com slash Francine Podcast for the Queen of Extreme Francine. And every single week on the Russo brand, it is the two-man power trip and the franchise, Shane Douglas, the Triple Threat Podcast. You don't want to miss this episode this week if you're not subscribed to the Russo brand. That's all I'm going to tell you. So, uh, CP, what's going on with you? You're in the middle of a big move. So I know your mind's in a million places, but uh, what's going on in your neck of the woods uh, with your podcast? And if you're contemplating ever starting season two while you're packing boxes. (laughs) There will be a season two. I actually, I am currently working on building out an office in my home, uh, which will be a work office slash guest room slash podcasting area potentially so that will uh, help me get off the ground with season two which i do have uh there are pieces of it that's been done but it is it's gonna be it's a it's a process but yeah season two of stick and move stories will occur at some point right now you can listen to season one of stick and move stories where we talk about the historic uh backgrounds the lead up to a fight the fight itself and the post fight in a documentary style uh podcast uh for 12 different uh historical bouts without his and throughout history you can google stick and move stories podcast or uh and you can find it on spotify and anchor you can also find me on twitter at at pugs at p-u-g-z-z-z um and that's about it for right now and just keep listening to new generation declassified and all the chat series podcasts they're all good all good stuff. They're all great. All I'm just, great. I'm just good. They're all great. They're all perfect. <laughs> and come listen to me on Get My Go on uh, on YouTube if you don't uh, if you don't mind. Uh, Timmy, what's going on with you, man? My man, before we wrap it up, uh, not much. Just uh, listening to all your podcasts. <laughs> that's that's I can't. The way I can vouch for it is that's why I'm here, man. I met you and I uh, love Francine and Shane and all them, and uh, I wouldn't be here without you guys. Yeah, we uh, we can't thank you enough. That's for uh, for damn sure. And it's uh, it, it's great that anybody who clicks the download button, uh, especially during the holidays to get you through your family, get you through the rigmarole. Uh, it's always fun uh, to find something that you enjoy. So hopefully you enjoyed this one. And for the crack broadcast team, another week where we say goodbye. This is the Chadster and we will catch you on the flip side. Thanks for listening to the two-man power trip of wrestling. What the world is downloading.